I think um, the Lord's given me something to say, so I want to get on and say it, if that's all right. Good morning. Happy New Year. If I haven't wished you happy 2018, I know we're towards the end of um, 2018, but it's, uh, it's great to be with you. What did I say? Oh, end of January. It's the end of January. It's been a long month. It's felt like 12. <laughs> Welcome to, if you're listening or watching online, wherever you are, if you're on a commute, if you're listening to this on our iPod or down the gym or at home, whatever, thank you for joining us as we, we dig deep into this Healthy Habit teaching series. Um, got a couple of good news stories that um, came in um, this week, really excited about this one um, that Mario sent in. He, um, he was here at third person yesterday, God really blessed his socks off, which was good, uh, but he said this, he said, on Monday I received an unsolicited, an unsolicited call from some lady asking me if, I've been in, if I'd been in a car accident. Typically, typically I hang up, as do I, because I don't even have a driving license. But this time, I decided to do something different. I decided to fight back. So I told her, God loves her. There was a short pause, and she asked me, who had the accident? So I said, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and she hung up. <laughs> so now, if I get unsolicited calls, I'll just start preaching the gospel, and either way, it will lead to people coming to faith in Jesus, or they'll just hang up. Either way, it's a win-win situation. <laughs> Rose, I wonder if you would kindly just uh, pop on up wherever you are. Where's Rose? Here's Rose. Uh, Rose was here at third person yesterday, and uh, just want to ask you, Rose, just to share your little testimony that you shared last night, if that's okay. This is like John Peters said, some of you really get nervous when you're here. I really get nervous when I'm here. Yesterday, we had an amazing day. Can I put my hand over yours? Yes, you you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Do you mind, Peter? No. It makes me feel a bit more... So yesterday, we had an amazing day, and um, we sang this morning, you came, we knew that you would come, and the Holy Spirit came yesterday in a very, very powerful way. And for me, um, he, first of all, he, uh, John Peters asked several people to come up and be prayed for, and I thought, mm, I missed my chance, I should have gone, but I'm a bit of... Anyway, so he said it again. He gave us second chances. So I came up the second time and came forward, and he got people who had not generally prayed for people before to come, and uh, two girls prayed for me. And um, I'd had pain, which had started in my legs a few weeks ago, and was in my arms and my neck, and there was a call for that. And there was another call for insomniac. So I had two, and I thought, oh, that's so greedy. I can't ask for two. So I asked for one. (laughs) And um, anyway, uh, then the Holy Spirit came with a wham, and um, I I fell to the ground, and I felt an incredible peace and healing going on. And I wanted to stay there for a long time. Anyway, when I got up, I just felt so tired. So I went home and I slept the whole afternoon. And then I came back for the evening. And I see I'm starting to shake now. Okay. So then um, I, I, went, um, I went to bed early and I, um, I slept. And you know, I, I didn't know whether to tell you this, but I think I will because the Lord asked me to. 
so about, I, I have not slept well for about 30 years because we, 30 years ago, Peter and I had a daughter who died. And um, from the night she died, I have never slept soundly one night. And last night I did. <laughs> I slept and slept and slept. I slept. <laughs> so... I just thought that God was so gracious. I didn't just get one healing. Mm. I got two. Mm. I didn't ask for two. I asked for one. Mm. And the Holy Spirit, while I was down there on that step, mm. just decided to bless me. Mm. And so sleep is now part of my life. It's wonderful. Praise I love it. We had a great time yesterday and on Friday night. And um, it was an incredible time and a great reminder of some of the heart of this church. And I would encourage you, if you um, weren't here, and I know a number of us weren't able to be here, I'm sure for very good reasons. I was really sad that not many of us were able to be here from Trinity, if I'm honest. It was an incredible time, a great reminder of who we are as a church and what we're about. And I'd encourage you, if you can, um, don't watch Sunday night TV tonight. Watch John Peter's first talk. And then if you want to listen to more, um, watch his last talk. Um, that'll probably be up tomorrow or something like that. Um, but watch his first one and watch his last one. Um, if you want to, the rest of the week, watch the bits in between. But they're a reminder, I truly believe, about who we are as a church. And I, f I feel the Lord wants me to sort of restate a few things, some of which um, you know, God spoke about yesterday. So there might be a little bit of repetition of some of um, the bits of, of yesterday. I wonder if you've made your, your New Year's resolutions. I made a couple decided wanted, uh, wanted to read a book every month, decided that I needed to drink more water regularly, um, decided that um, Zoe and I need to have more regular date nights and things like that, and we're, we're progressing on that. But the truth be told is that many of us, when we, when we, when we make those resolves at the beginning of the, of the year, um, you know, it's quite common that most of us by um, mid-January have usually stopped or kind of given up. Um, I hope you haven't given up on, on your resolves and your, your resolutions, whatever they are. I hope you're still going on. But that, that, that thing about making New Year's resolutions, um, I think, identifies something in the human character, something deep within, within humanity, that knows we need to change. Resolutions that we make, New Year's resolutions, point to the fact that as human beings, we know that we are not the finished article. We know that there are things in our lives that need to be changed. And I wonder, for you, what is it as a faithful follower of Jesus that needs to change? What is it as a faithful follower of Jesus that God wants to change in you? And I guess the question around that is, and how is that gonna happen? And I think this talk is about how it happens. You know, in our Healthy Habits series, we're acknowledging that as followers 
of Jesus that we want to increasingly become like him. But as Andrew said when he kicked off the series, um, you know, we, 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 we don't just get by, we don't just kind of like get along, we don't just wear all the gear, and Andrew used the golfing analogy, you know, we, we, we can do the stuff and we can think we can get by, but truth be told, that if we're not intentional about cultivating healthy habits as followers of Jesus, then we can talk the talk, but we probably won't walk the walk not as we see it in the life of Jesus. And so I wonder where you are on the walk. I wonder where you are on your journey of faith. The premise of this teaching series is basically that if we are not intentional, if we are not intentional as followers of Jesus, and remember, the only person that is responsible for your faith in Jesus is you. It is not my responsibility as one of the pastors here. Now, please hear me when I say, of course, it's, it's important that you know, we teach and we provide tools and frameworks and, um, and you know, things that help us to grow as, as Jesus, but I cannot, make you more respon- I cannot make you responsible. Only you are responsible for your walk with Jesus, and I am responsible for my walk with Jesus. And if I am not being intentional, then um, things start to slip, slip. Things start to drift. Things start to stagnate. And when things start to stagnate and drift, the potential for dying as a follower of Jesus becomes a possibility. And so I wonder where you are this morning. I wonder how intentional you are about your walk with Jesus. I wonder how, where you feel you are at the moment. Are you stuck? And I wonder, I wonder for you if it feels like the Holy Spirit is a distant friend. You knew him, you experienced him, you encountered him, but he feels like a distant friend. You haven't met with him for a while, you haven't encountered him for a number of years, in fact. I wonder if for you, the Holy Spirit is a distant friend. We're saying in this teaching series that we have to be intentional. And and as a journey together as the whole church, as a a church family, we're saying that um, we've we've identified together through the the 2020 vision and through um, just discerning and praying together that we've identified these three um, postures that we want to adopt as a church family, that we want to uh, position ourselves before God. What does that mean? I think it means that we want to grow in the hunger for God. It means we want to go deeper with him. It, we also have identified that we want to adopt the posture of partnering with others to serve. That we want to serve each other in the gifts that God has given us. You know, if you are not exercising the gifts that God has given you, may I be as bold to say that you are robbing the kingdom of God of all that you can bring in Jesus Christ. We need to use our gifts to advance the kingdom of God together. And thirdly, um, to plant for life. 
that we want to release and we want to see new kingdom initiatives happen in the life of this church, in this town, and further afield. You know, this church has a history of that. It's not changed. That DNA, that culture of seeking to follow the Spirit, listen to the Holy Spirit. What is the Lord saying to us? Is, this, is the Holy Spirit stirring something up in you that we might partner with you to see some new life in this town, in Cheltenham, you know, in this nation? You know, some, we know that for some of it, it will be um, how we um, start to step in in the short term in terms of addressing um, human trafficking and sex trafficking here in Cheltenham. Um, you know, I was delighted to hear that, you know, a group of um, ladies from the church went, one of the, went, went to one of the nail bars this week uh, because they wanted to ask some questions and as they were getting their nails done just about, you know, what's it like working here? What's the environment like? And things like that. Why? Because many nail bars, not that this particular nail bar and, you know, many, um, many um, uh, car washing stations are often people who are caught in some level of, um, of entrapment and they have to work um, to live. And um, we want to start to address some of those issues in and around our community. We want to plant churches. We want to plant for life. So we want to choose to make changes in our habits so that we cultivate a posture and a practice of healthy habits. And I wonder how healthy are your habits. Two weeks ago, um, Tim talked about the important habit of dwelling in the presence of God. I wonder how your dwelling is going. Last week, Hills spoke about um, chewing on and devouring and, 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 and feeding on the Word of God. I wonder how that's going for you this week. I remember when Tim spoke about dwelling um, two weeks ago. It really rang true for me because God had spoken to me um, at the beginning of the year. Um, this verse from Psalm 27, one thing I ask from the Lord, the, on, the, the only thing do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. To dwell, to be, not necessarily to do, but to be in his presence and to cultivate practices that help me. And th- this morning, with the time left, I just want to talk um, about what it means for us to cultivate the habit of walking in the Spirit. What does it mean for you to walk in the power of the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit? And in a moment, we're going to look at um, some scripture. But I just want to just, I felt the Lord prompt me to want to reiterate a a few things and just to draw some of those threads together. I hope this is helpful. Um, I just want to put a picture in a minute. If if this picture isn't helpful, forgive me. It's probably just some subliminal messaging of Thomas and friends in the Dickinson household. But we would say as a church that we are word and spirit church. If you've been here for a while and you don't know that, I'm really sorry. We've got that wrong. If you're new, we are a word and spirit church. You know, it's been famously said and um, been repeatedly said in all kinds of different contexts at New Wine over the last 20 plus years here at this church and at other churches that if a church has the word of God but does not have the spirit, it will dry up. And if a church has the Holy Spirit, but without the word, it will blow up. But when a church has the word and the spirit, we grow up. We grow up. And that's what we want to be, a church that is growing as faithful followers of Jesus. So here's my picture, wonderfully created from my scribbles by the amazing Julie and the media team. 
So we want to grow up into maturity as faithful followers of Jesus. And we run on these two tracks of the Word and the Spirit. <laughs> just go, you just stay on that first one, Ed, that's fine. The Word and the Spirit. And the thing is, if we don't run on the, both those tracks together, we'll start to wobble and we'll probably fall off the rails. And we don't want to be a church that falls off the rails. You know, we want to be seeking to faithfully preach God's word, to teach and in personal Bible study and in our lives. And we also recognize the power of God's word, that it's translated how? Into our lives by the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. That's what God does. We read God's word, his spirit engages with our spirit and God's spirit begins to translate God's word and help us to grow in our understanding. Isn't that what Jesus said? You know, I will remind you of these things. He's given us his word, yes, but the spirit reminds us and helps us to understand what we read. So we're a word and spirit church. Here's a little something that I'd like to add to that illustration of the train and the tracks. Every train needs fuel. Without it, it will remain in the station and it will go nowhere. If the church, if we, if we are not fueled by lives that dwell, you put the next one up, Ed. If we are not a church that live, no, the other one. The other one. The church with the little thing on the back. Great. That one, there we go. If we are not a church that is fueled by dwelling in the presence of God, then we won't get out of the station. We just will not move. We can set a trajectory. We can think we know where we're going. But if we are not a church that running on the tracks of, of, of the word and the spirit are not fueled by dwelling in the presence of God. And we might use the word for dwell. Uh, another word we might use for dwell is intimacy. You know, cultivating practices of intimacy, whether it's, you know, personal retreat, whether it's silence, solitude, prayer, you know, going up on Cleef Hill, whatever it is. If we do not dwell in the presence of God, we will not get out of the station. I wonder how you're doing on your dwelling. Because as soon as we become uncoupled from dwelling in the presence of God, we will come to a grinding stop. If, we, if you are not cultivating intimacy with God, your faith will come to a grinding stop. I know that. I've done it. I'm not doing it now, but I have. And when we as the church, coupled with that intimate relationship of dwelling in the presence of God, moving forward on those words and tracks, fueled by our intimacy with God, when we move forward, we move forward on the tracks, making one disciple after another, one disciple after another, and the kingdom of God advances. And that's what we long to see in the life of this church. So what does it look like for you and I to live each day empowered, walking by the Spirit? So I'm talking about that other track, walking by the Spirit, or journeying on the, the, the rail track, if you want to use that analogy. I'll give up on Thomas. There's probably no passage in the Bible that probably speaks so powerfully and clearer between the contrast of living the Spirit-filled life and not living the spirit-filled life than Galatians 5. So if you've got a Bible, turn to Galatians 5, verse 13. 
words will appear on the screen if you need them, but I'd encourage you to be in your own Bibles. <coughs> Paul talks in this passage about the internal war that takes place in the human condition. He says this, verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be set free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another, humble in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Church can do that. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. You can probably fill in your own blanks. I warn you, as I did before, this is a teaching that Paul has said to the church previously, that those who live like this, underline this word, will not inherit the kingdom will not inherit the kingdom of God if you choose to live like that. But, love the big buts in the Bible. But, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since, and this is a very active engagement. This is an active language that Paul uses. uses. This is like, this is who we are. This is what we are doing, church. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit and let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Paul is writing to this um, early church in Galatia and he wants to make it very clear that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the person in whose dimension of life we experience God. Therefore, without the Holy Spirit, you cannot experience God. Without the Holy Spirit, we have nothing that is of God. And therefore, nothing that will be fruitful in our lives. Now, we can do well in the world's eyes, but in terms of the kingdom of God, we will not be fruitful. If we choose to walk in step with the Spirit, Paul says, we will be fruitful. Guess what? If we don't, we won't. And the Gospels make it abundantly clear. You know, when Jesus arrived on the scene, there was a new era. There was a new king in town. Up until the New Testament, the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon particular people at a particular time for a particular purpose. God empowered people, yes, but it was for a period of time. And in Jesus Christ, we see the first fully endowed human by the Spirit. And we hold, need to hold together that, that Jesus limited himself, Paul tells us that, by humbling himself and becoming a man. In his divinity, he limited himself. 
He limited himself to become human. And what Paul is saying, what Paul recognizes, that in Jesus, you can only do by the power of the Spirit, the God stuff. You can only walk faithfully as a follower of Jesus when we have the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, when we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and we are continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. I wonder when the last time was that you can remember you were filled with the Holy Spirit. I wonder when that was. You know, at Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit came on Jesus and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Prior to being filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus had done no public ministry. He hadn't performed any miracles. It was only after Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit that he could proclaim in the way that he proclaimed and do the miraculous things that he did. If Jesus had not been filled with the Holy Spirit at his baptism, there would have been no Jesus' ministry. Without the empowering presence of the Spirit, Jesus could do nothing. And we know, don't we, from John's Gospel, you know, all those passages about remaining in the vine. Apart from me, apart from my presence, Jesus says, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. Until the Spirit was poured out on Jesus, there was no power for ministry. So I think we can conclude quite confidently that there is no fruitful ministry, there's no fruitful following Jesus without the Spirit. Jesus, is, Jesus fulfills his mission and his calling because the Spirit of God was on him. And he is our model for relationship with God. And we follow his Example, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to be fully human and to be all that he was in relationship with the Father, the fullness of the image and likeness of God of how humanity was created in Genesis 1, 26, 27, you know, if that was what we see in the life of Jesus, he, was, he needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be led by the Spirit. You need to walk in the Spirit if you want to be a faithful follower of Jesus, as do I. It's the same with the disciples. And in Acts 2, the disciples were filled with power to be witnesses, just as with Jesus. There were virtually no works of power prior to their empowering at Pentecost. And after that, they went out bold and fearless to proclaim the good news of Jesus. I wonder if you feel bold and fearless Now, this will be familiar to many of us, I'm sure, but it might be worth over, um, stating and underlining. The essential work of, this, of the Spirit in the Christian life is this. No one comes to faith without the work of the Spirit. God makes his home in us by his Spirit. We're changed into the likeness of Jesus by the Spirit. We hold together as the family of God by the Spirit. We live out the Christian life in the power of the Spirit. We're gifted in our different ways by the Spirit. We exercise our gifts in the power of the Spirit. We pray with the help of the Spirit. We're told to go on being filled with the Spirit. What does this tell us? There isn't much about Christianity that doesn't involve the Spirit. It's impossible to think about living out the Christian life without thinking about God's Spirit present in us and through us. 
If you want to be fruitful on your front line, wherever God has called you, maybe it's at the hospital, maybe it's at the, maybe it's at the office, maybe it's at the engineering firm, maybe it's um, at, the, at the school gates, maybe it's um, in the supermarket. If you want to be fruitful on your front line, you need to be a person of the Spirit. You need to be anointed and empowered by the Spirit of God. I need to be anointed and empowered by the Spirit of God. Which, by the way, is why we give space, and we're going to get there in a moment. Um, which is why we give space in our gathering, not at the end. We give space in our gathering to be prayed for and to receive the Holy Spirit. We know, as a church, that without the Holy Spirit, we are nothing. We will not be fruitful as followers of Jesus. You will not be a fruitful follower of Jesus without the Holy Spirit at work in and through your life. We desperately need the power and the inspiration of the Spirit for everyday decisions. I wonder if you, what, you're, what you're thinking when you, you walk into work. I wonder what, whether you're praying. I wonder if you're saying, Holy Spirit, I need your help today. We've got some big decisions going on. Really need your help, Holy Spirit. Really need your solutions, God. Holy Spirit, I've got to... Um, let someone go tomorrow. I don't know how to do it. I need your help. I need to be led by you in the conversation as I let this person go who's got family and children. It's painful. I need your help. Holy Spirit, as we build this business to the glory and for the name of Jesus, we need your help. Holy Spirit, in my conversations with my work colleagues, I need your help. Holy Spirit, we've been struggling with this in our business. We need your help. Holy Spirit, I've got this really annoying kid in my classroom. I need your help. Holy Spirit, I've got this really annoying teacher. (laughs) (coughs) We need the Spirit. You know, our world is characterized, and Paul does this. He, 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 he highlights particularly some of the issues in the life of Ephesus. You know, sexual immorality, debauchery, and all that kind of stuff. But what would it look like tomorrow if we walked into work and we were a people who were full of peace? That we brought peace, that we brought peace to solutions, that we were full of the joy of the Lord. What would it look like if um, our decisions were loving decisions in the workplace, our interactions with our work colleagues weren't fueled by the irritations that we find ourselves in, but actually they they, they came from a place of love and patience? What would your work environment look like if that was how we lived our lives as faithful followers of Jesus, demonstrating self-control, all rooted, of course, in the love of God, which is what Paul says here in Galatians 5. What would it look like if this church was empowered by the Holy Spirit and went out with a cause bigger than ourselves, bigger than our pay packet, bigger than our own needs, bigger than our own own ambitions, but the cause of the kingdom of God, what would our world look like if that was our posture as we go out tomorrow? Why don't we stand? (laughs) I'm not going to waste any time.
If you're new to this church, we're a church that believes in the power of the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Um, <coughs> we have a lovely space down here at the front, which is a carpet. And um, we, um, it's one of those spaces that um, tells amazing stories of God's transformation. You know, if this carpet could speak, it would tell of the stories of God. And um, I just want to invite us to stop and pause. I want to invite you to close your eyes. I want to invite you to hold out your hands. And I'm going to pray, Holy Spirit, come. And I encourage you to pray the same prayer. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. I encourage you to wait. I encourage you to pray that prayer for yourself. Holy Spirit, will you come? Will you fill me again? Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, without you, I am nothing. Holy Spirit is here to empower and to anoint. Increase your presence, Holy Spirit. Fall on your church. Fall on your church, Holy Spirit. I feel that the Lord wants me to say to some of you who, um, when I talked about the Holy Spirit being a distant friend, you, you knew that was you. You knew that was you. I feel the Lord wants to say, His Spirit has not left you. The Holy Spirit has not left you. There may not be as much of a freedom of His work in your life, but He's not left you. He's not left you. Holy Spirit, come. More, Lord. Increase your presence, Holy Spirit. Upon the balcony, Holy Spirit, come. Up on the balcony, Holy Spirit, come. You don't have to strive. You don't have to strive. Just receive freely the Father's presence. Jesus said, how much more does the Father in heaven want to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So simply ask, simply ask, Holy Spirit, come. If you know you need the Holy Spirit, ask.
Lord, would you bless this church? Would you bless this church with the presence of your spirit? Bless this people, bless your people with your Holy Spirit. Just tell him he's welcome. Tell him he's welcome. I just encourage you to just stay in this place. Stay in this place of silence. Stay in this place. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. We're not rushing away from his presence. Increase your presence, Holy Spirit. In a minute, I want to invite people um, to come to be prayed for. And, um, you know, as we were um, praying before our celebration, there's a word for someone with arthritis. If you're struggling with arthritis, if that is one of the things that, that plagues you, we want to pray for that. We want to pray for healing. A word as well for someone with a scalpel irritation. Um, someone who has a hearing loss and you particularly feel scared about the future. If that's you in a moment, or if you have any sickness, if you're sick or unwell, and you need the Lord's healing power in your, in your life, I want to invite you to come to the front in a moment. I think as well, if you know you are stuck in your walk with Jesus... I want to invite you to come. In fact, just begin to come now. If you know that you are stuck in your walk with Jesus, um, just come now. Just come right to the front. If you know that your, your, your relationship with Jesus is stagnant, if you know that you are clinging on by a prayer, I want to invite you to come now. If you are someone who you know you have not tasted the presence of God's Holy Spirit for a long time and you know you need his presence, come now. Just come. If you know you need the Holy Spirit in your workplace, come now. Just come. Thank you. Just come right to the front if that's okay. Just come. If you know the Holy Spirit's been a distant friend and you've not experienced and encountered the power of the Holy Spirit for a long time and you want to, just come. Just come. He's here. The Lord is here. If in your heart of hearts and if you're honest with yourself, you know you're not hungry for God, I want to invite you to come. Just come. If we could have some people to come and pray, that would be fab. If you've um, been a part of this church family for a while, if you're in a life group, if you're a follower of Jesus and you love him and you've got a hand on the end of your arm and you can, you've got a heart to pray for people, just come. And I want you to, I want to ask prayers. Pray very simple prayers. 
Just pray, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. If you are here at third person, um, come and pray. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. More Lord, more Lord, more Lord. I want to encourage you, don't worry about any, um, any noises. Don't be concerned about that. I just encourage you to be concerned about your own walk with Jesus, not someone else's. Holy Spirit, come. Increase your presence. Increase your power. Let your power come, Lord. I pray your power would come to free us from legalism. I pray your power would come to free us from duty and religion. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come to release new relationship through new life in the power of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Release your power. If we could have some more people to come and pray, that would be fab. Um, If we could have some chaps to come and pray over here, that would be wonderful. Just to to say, if you're you're, um, a visitor here at Trinity, this is actually one of the things that marks this church out, I believe. It marks the, the church out, but we're, we're a church that seeks to press in to the things of the Spirit. Why? Because we know in our own resolve we cannot change our lives. We need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit come. If I could have a, a lady to come and pray. Thank you, Helen. Now, don't worry if two or three people come and pray for you. That's absolutely fine. And I'd encourage you not to, if you've come forward for prayer, not to rush away, but actually to allow not just one person to pray for you, but two people to pray for you. you know, our experience has been is that when the Holy Spirit comes and um, someone might pray for us and then someone else comes and it's like there's an in- intensity and an increase of, uh, of the Holy Spirit through additional prayer. And so I want to encourage you, don't, don't rush away. Now, if you know you, um, if you have, have children and you know you, you need to go and pick up children, um, feel released and free if you ne- know you need to go and pick up children. But if you don't need to pick up children, I encourage you, um, come and encounter the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus, the Holy Spirit who loves you, the Holy Spirit who wants to work in you, the Holy Spirit who wants to anoint you and appoint you um, for works of service in the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit who wants to give you all that you need to live out your life as a faithful follower of Jesus. That's, that's who's here. Holy Spirit, come. Bless what you're doing, Holy Spirit. Bless what you're doing. Now, Holy Spirit, again, would you increase your presence? Increase your presence. Increase your presence, Holy Spirit.
Someone had a, um, a picture of a flame of fire. It wasn't a huge roaring fire, just a small flame, a, a tongue perhaps. But within it was such force, such power, such love, such energy. And that sense from the person that had the picture that perhaps we expect a huge blaze of energy, of power to come out. But feel God may be saying that if we will trust the power that it's in the flame, that it will succeed all we ask or imagine. picture I have is of a, a pilot light in a house boiler. You know, to heat the house, you just need a, a pilot light. You just need that pilot light to fan into flame. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fan into flame our pilot lights. Lord, if they're flickering, in, it feels like they're flickering in the wind. If it feels like they've been snuffed out, Lord, would you fan into a flame again? the work of your Holy Spirit in us. We need you, Holy Spirit. Now, if you're praying for someone, can I encourage you to increase um, your faith muscles? Speak authority in the name of Jesus if it's needed for healing and wholeness. Speak authority to release people into freedom. Um, exercise the authority that we have of, as followers of Jesus and his name. Holy Spirit, come. Increase your presence. Increase your presence, Holy Spirit. Come again, Holy Spirit. <laughs>